Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's a lot being said about media productions in Ireland recently and how public money is spent in relation to that. If you are living in Ireland, you probably know exactly what and who I'm talking about. But if you're part of the 55% of people outside of Ireland who listen to this podcast, I'll give you a 10-second summary. Ireland's national radio and television broadcaster, RTE, are being investigated for what looks like very shady use of taxpayers' money. Maybe just Google RTE and flip-flops. You'll see what I mean. The whole scandal made me think a little about the industry in general and how it actually operates. And I quickly came to realise that I have no clue how media productions are put together. It reminded me of the time I blacked my way into a job in a silver service restaurant, thinking, how hard could it be to be a waiter? I was fired after four days, and that wasn't for a lack of trying. What goes on behind the curtain is an art in itself. After considering this and reading so many comments online talking about the incredible independent productions that are being made in Ireland by people who have to fight for every cent to fund their productions, I thought, I'd investigate a bit further as to what actually goes on behind the scenes and how these creators manage to come together to produce such high-quality content. In my head, I have an image of the hard-working, independent film producers versus the Scarface-esque cocaine-fueled parties of the RTE mob. Clearly my mind was playing tricks, but I thought I'd talk to some people to try and find out. By the way, if you'd like to help us out, and we do need your help, Sharing this podcast with a friend, giving it a rating or a follow, would make me, your host Mark, incredibly grateful. To those of you who have already done so, I owe you a pint. I started by speaking to a good friend of mine and film producer, Ash Malone. And just from being around him, listening to him, helping out on set, helping out music videos and stuff, how I got into it. Well, uh, just for the love of it, to be honest. And then the production side of stuff is where I first got into it from just helping out on set. Yeah. And I love that side of it because you just get to see how something's made. Yeah. And like actually, you know, what's in the room, but what's being shown on the camera and just working with a load of people. Like I love people. Think of me as someone who has no understanding yeah. of this industry whatsoever. Um, but I do know of like directors, I know of editors, I know of producers and like 
let's not include actors or anything like that. Obviously, you'd have to have some kind of script, so there must be a script writer. Yeah. So to me, in the room at the very beginning, maybe it doesn't have to be an editor, but there was going to be a, a producer, a um, some kind of writer, and a director. Well, it depends. Are you, if you're talking about script stage, it can just be a writer, you know, yeah, the first person, and then at for getting something made, yeah, you need the producer, the director. And sometimes the director is the writer, so that's helpful. But yeah, in terms of like moving forward, the producer is kind of the main person who does everything. The producer, I subsequently learned from having, because you've been involved in production um, and I've, I've watched other documentaries about how a film, not how a film is made, but just like you, you, you see it through the eyes of someone else. Um, the producer is more or less a project manager. Yes, that's my job. Um, imagine I have uh, written a script, I don't know, whatever it's about, and I give it to you and you're like, oh, that's actually pretty good. This has potential to be made into a film. Good on you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about it for such a long time. What happens next? You need a vision for it, a director, so to speak. Okay. You decide to realize that vision and that story. And often the writer is connected to the director from that script stage or the writer is the director often with independent projects anyway. Yeah. Or the people working together to make that story. You know? Yeah. Often you have a co- co-writing kind of thing going on or a story from a director and they get a writer to write it and they help in the development of it. Okay. So the next stage after that is, you know, you want to get a mate. So how do you go about that? You need some cash. Um, Who gives you cash? Very, very hard to get cash. Um, very. Hard. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's multiple ways you can get some cash. Um, kind of, a lot of people, if they're making their first film, will do it, will fund it themselves. Okay. They'll put the cash in themselves or they'll go, go fund me. Um, and can I just ask one question? Yeah. Let's imagine it's... But the difference between there's a short film, which is typically around 15, 20 minutes long, yeah. um, to a feature length film, which I don't know, let's say 90 minutes, right? Um, do you have any idea, ballpark, like estimate, what it would cost to make a, a cheap, because obviously it's your first ever film. I imagine you're not going to be spending huge amounts of money. So mm-hmm. how much does it cost on the lower end of a feature and the lower end of a short film? From my experience yep. of making kind of the different types of short films is a self-funded project, which would be the cheapest one you'd probably be doing because it's self-funded, um, can be anywhere from, you used to be able to make it for five grand, really, you need 10 grand, at least, at least 10 grand. Okay. okay. If you really want to make something like, you could do something in a room with two people keep it really simple you know if you have a really good script I actually made a film like that recently mm-hmm. but it would still cost you if it's one day I'm I'm going to say it's about five grand a day wow okay yeah wow about that now you could do a three day shoot I have done them for about ten grand but that's a real push you're really pushing into ten twelve thirteen grand by the time it's finished mm. and with kind of independent projects like this like that you'd probably be 
front loading, like you're putting all your money into the production of it and then you worry about the post-production after. And what is it that costs so much money? Like, is it the actors? Is it the equipment? Is it? No. Okay. So Screen Ireland have a kind of a set rate that they, you know, the lowest minimum rate that you can pay people. It's absolutely, like, it's shocking. It's, it's about minimum wage, but it's 150 a day. Okay. It just changed to that. It used to be 120 a day up until last year. Okay. So 150 a day is the least you can pay people. So you have to pay everybody 150 a day. Um, and then you need to rent camera gear, which is expensive. Okay. And then you need to have insurance which can be, you know, up to a grand kind of for your, for your production. Yeah. Um, and you need to feed people. You need like, there's, a, there's travel costs. You know, if you're filming in Dublin, it might be okay. But if you're filming outside of Dublin and there's like a bit of a travel involved, you might have to pay for petrol uh, or you can kind of give them a stipend for petrol. If you're, if you're, if you're tight budget, like yeah. if you're tight budgets, you kind of have to get more, there's a bit more flexibility in like what, you know, extras you can give. You can't really be giving. There's a thing called per diems and that's like, if you're on a bigger production, you might be getting that. And that means like your costs for the day are covered and you keep your receipts and you get those back. Okay. On a small project, you can't pay those, you know. So there's, there's, there's ways of maybe like, that you have to try figure out how can you make, how can you maximize this tiny budget that you have? Yeah. The main costs are things like camera. Um, Production design, costume, hair, makeup, but it's crew and camera, I would say, are the biggest costs. And then if I'm to fund that myself, um, well, let's, let's assume most people actually can't, but they could use some type of crowdfunding or, or something like that. Um, but it's a big risk. It's a massive risk. It's huge. It's super competitive mm. in the film industry. In Ireland as well, it's like great films being made, but it's very competitive. And there's a load of film festivals. Like your goal with making a short film is that you put it in front of an audience, people get to see it. Yeah. And then you, it's a stepping stone to getting funding from another body, from a body to make something a little bit bigger or a bit more, you know. Um, you use it almost as, as in, in part of, as part of a portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if you want to get funded which is kind of the cash 22 if you want to get funding, so you can get funding from a few different avenues. One is council, county council fundings. There's a few of those around Ireland that are really good, really nice. They're about between 10 and 15 grand. It's not that much, but it's something to make something. Yeah. But I think for a lot of the funding streams, you need to have made something in order to get funding. To prove your worth. Yeah. Um, and how do you, so if you were to approach a county council, do you just, what do you do? Do you give them a script? Like, yeah, they have a whole application process. You need to have a script often. Yeah. Usually you have a script and uh, you fill out a whole, a whole application about who you are and what the story's about and who's your team or who would you like to work with and what's your vision for the project. You often just do a pack and like the director will need to do like a visual treatment, which is like, you know, you've referenced pictures, you describe the story and your visual style and approach and who you want to work with and what the kind of tone that you want to create with your film and the kind of filmmaker you are. What I'm learning is, you know, you might have a fantastic script, but if you can't make it, you know, and then it's just a fantastic script. So what is the, the guts of the story? What is the heart of the story? What is, you know, the play? What is your framework of that story and where can you change or adapt and still keep it a really good story? Mm. Um, 
So what you're trying to say to me is the stories that I used to write in school, which had an explosion every three lines. No, it's, it's not going to work. No dice. <laughs> no dice. All right. So I have my amazing new script, minus the explosions. Is Ireland a decent place to get it made? Or do I need to set my sights on going abroad? Really good place to make films. The industry has boomed massively. Screen Ireland had like a 30-year anniversary there in the Galway film flat. And it was like, they were saying that 30 years ago, there was like one or two film crews in Ireland. So you could only make one or two films at a time. Now there are hundreds of crew members in Ireland. It's a a really affordable place for people to make film. And it's a really great place because you've got really good skilled workers now in film, which is great. So I actually think starting here is a great idea. Great. So I don't need to fly away yet. But how do I actually get into the industry? The ways you can get in is by basically training. Like a lot of people, especially on camera and stuff, get in as a trainee. Or if you want to work as a you know, producer, get in as a PA, like a, a production assistant. And you just come along, you don't need to have a whole lot of background skills. You just come and you learn and you do and then you progress. And that's, it's a really, a really doable thing you can, you can get involved in. And there's actually some really good youth focus projects as well. There's a film festival called the First Cut Youth Film Festival in Yall in County Cork um, and they do workshops, they do a youth music video competition, they do loads of competitions with schools and everything and that's a really nice way of getting your first foot to film. Mm. I'm starting to get quite excited by working in the industry now. My next question is, how rich am I going to be? So many people in the film industry have a side hustle or they do either work outside of the film industry or in something affiliated or adjacent to to make cash because if you're a director or a producer for example or you're the creative you know the creative people behind it you're not making any cash like short films don't make money and the crews that work on them you'll get 150 a day maybe maybe a bit more if you if it's a feature film there's a bit more money there so you're no one's really making that much money definitely not the people who are leading it um so short films no feature films yes you might make a little bit of money but it's still a long arduous process the average time it takes to make a feature film from development to completion is seven years. Well, how? And it's, uh, yeah, fun. It takes ages. Um, and there's not too many ways you can go about it. You know, you can't really self-fund a feature film. You can, like, a Screen Ireland are your main funding body. Um, but otherwise, money-wise, for a lot of people will like working commercials. That will make you much more money. It it's just it's not as creative in a way. It's it's just it's marketing, you know. And you're being told what to do. Yeah, and you don't really have like because you have a client and often a an agency, creative agency, and then you have the director or filmmaker who takes on the job, but they don't really have any control over that. It's very rare, you know. That it's the creative agency that really has the control. I imagine. Uh, a bit like everything, networking is quite important in, in terms of getting those yeah. freelance roles. Like you probably get to meet someone who can then refer you on to someone else. Totally. Yeah, I imagine that's quite important. Um, seven years to make a feature film. Can I ask, I'm, I'm a person who, I love documentaries, right? Mm. Um, very stupid question, possibly. Is is Does documentary fall under the umbrella of feature film? Yeah. yeah, so it could be a documentary, could be a feature film. Yeah. Right, so imagine, I don't know, we take a um, some guy who makes 
amazing bottles of water in Ireland, right? And we want to make a documentary about them. It might take a long time to to actually put it together. What is your hope? Is your is your hope that like your dream for this documentary is it that it ends up on Netflix or Disney or something like that? What about the RT player or being featured on RT television? Is that something that you would hope for as well? The dream is to have it go to cinema, cinema release. Mm. Now, it's very hard to make money in cinemas. You know, you need a distribution. Like that's a whole other side of filmmaking is the distribution. And the distribution um, company or people, agency will, you know, try to make money off that. But like, it depends how well it does in the box office, you know. If people go to see it, then they'll put it on for another week. Yeah. Usually it'll go festival and then somebody will see it and pick it up, an agency, a distribution agency, and then they'll put it put it for a cinema release. Yeah. If you're lucky. And then you might make a little bit of cash off it. Not much. Um, and then like, yeah, I guess it depends on the person, but I, I would guess that people would be very happy for the film to make to Netflix. 100%. A lot of great Irish films are on Netflix, um, independent-ish films. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah, so what is your, I, I, I saw recently, I think it was on Twitter, you know, people talking about this recent uh, RT scandal and it was kind of like, they gave a few examples of these amazing independent productions that have been done uh, and that have received awards, uh, international accolades, all of these amazing things that have been done by creatives in Ireland in this industry. And then they're comparing the output of RT and like the, the the discontent that people have for RT, not not even just associated with what's happened with the payments or whatever, but the actual productions that have, have come out of it don't seem to be that compelling on a on a larger scale. Um, what's your opinion on on that matter? I don't know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because when I first heard all that, I was like. You barely give any cash to creatives, but you want them to write these amazing things. You know, like other comedians or writers or actors, people are going, getting, trying to get funding from RG often just get tiny little amounts. That's not enough to sustain yourself at all. But yet they want all this output from it. Um, so that really annoyed me. Um, but then on the other side of it, like, RTE is just it's two beasts it's a public body and then it's this commercial thing you know and they run so differently you know you can see that by the complexities of what people are getting paid and why and mm. the fact that they're sponsored and stuff but as a put like the whole thing it's very confusing it doesn't make sense and it seems very very unequal and it is unequal um, and it it's annoying because you want that money to be put into fostering new development and there are stuff like there's a thing called Storyland which is kind of like it's for like it's for to do pilot um, TV show mm-hmm. but I know what I've heard from that I've never gone for it is that you know the turnarounds are super super quick um, like you'll get funding and then like two months later you'll have to deliver the pilot which is just mad and I, maybe that's to like get people prepared for working in TV fast paced nature of it but you can't get, you can't, re- it's very hard to get a high quality something, something um, project produced in such a short space of time, you know? Time is a massive thing and then. That's actually really interesting is I once spoke to a, a guy in this podcast and he was an actor on Fair City 
and he said, you know, like, you know, oh, people slagging it off, calling it fairly shitty and everything. He's like, you do not know the pressure that you're under on those sets every day. You don't have time to mess up as an actor. Like you have to deliver your line there and then the cameraman has to deliver, camera lady, whatever. Everyone has to be delivering there and then. And if it's not perfect, no time to do it again. Um, and it, it's it's like, to, um, that's like to what you say, maybe that's just the pressure of working on TV. TV, yeah. In fairness, like the RTE, like there's, I've seen some really good shows lately. They are there. I don't know if they're as advertised as well as some of the other ones. Like there's, have you seen The Dry? No. That's brilliant. It's really good. Irish TV drama. And they're in the second season now. They're filming their second season. Um, or there's some really interesting documentaries as well um, that people do. But they're kind of, yeah, I know what you mean. So it's just the bread and butter of it, of RTE. It's hard to see the good stuff in some of the annoying stuff yeah. well, what you might find annoying but they do they do a lot of shows a lot of shows tell me a little bit about the the film that you've been most recently involved in uh yellow belt is the name yeah just it's a short film that it's the most funding i've ever had for a film so this is my fifth fil- film i've made as a producer the first the I've had I've done two that have been completely independent, self-funded with myself and the director and whoever. And um, then I had one that was through like London Film School and that had a bit of funding behind it. And I did one. Um, no, that was the only other funded one. And now the one I'm doing is Screen Ireland funded, which is great. That's a whole process to get. And uh, how long was that process to, to get that funding? We had a, an interview at the end of August last year. Wow. Um, and then we kind of found it in September. And all the productions, I think there's still one being made, but all of them have been made from January until now. Okay, so from the moment that you had that meeting, which was August last year, yeah. you found out in September. Yeah, I found it like a week or two later. Wow, that's that's quite impressive. Yeah, it's uh, it was a quick turnaround because they do fund, like annual funding, so it needs to be made within the year. Mm. Good, it's good because you've got deadlines and, you know, yeah. it's a big process, you know, but from that application process actually involves you needing to have a lot of, you know, thought already put into it. So you have to have a, give a visual treatment, you need to give a background, you need to give a synopsis, a logline and a developed script. You know, yeah. they will help you develop it if it needs it, but really you want to be going in with a good script because that's how you get an interview. Mm. Um, so our script was really good, really solid, really tight. And um, yeah, we got an interview and we got it, which is amazing. So we made it in May. We were in pre-production from like November, December until, no, sorry, April. We made it in April until we made it in Mar- in April, so until March. And then we filmed... Like it's a lot of work. We film it for four days. So you're like months of pre-production and we're still in post-production now. So from April until now, we've been doing an edit. There's a composer working on it. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Can you give me an idea of what, what the film is about? Yeah, I'm actually shocking at this. I'm the producer. <laughs> I'm not the creative lead. So just forgive me. Um, Forgive me, Quakes, the director. Uh uh-huh. It's um, it's about a twelve-year-old boy on the cusp of, you know, coming of age, and um, he falls in love with an older girl in his taekwondo class. It's um, and all the while in the background, his parents are going through a separation, and he's okay. kind of coming to terms with it or not really understanding it. Yeah, he's at that point in life where 
you're still a child and you're responding to things in childlike ways, but adult things are coming into your fore and you're kind of... Yeah, I remember that point in my life. It's it's quite a tricky part of life, actually. I, I, I didn't really notice it at the time, but yeah, then all the bells and whistles start to disappear. And I remember having thoughts of like even... Because when I remember being in primary school and I used to think teachers knew everything. I used to, and then having a realization going to secondary school that your teacher is an idiot. Um, <laughs> or, sorry, I don't mean that maybe. Uh, it's either one or two things. It's either a teacher is an idiot or a teacher does not give a shit. It's, it could be between those two things, where obviously some of them are great. But it was the first time I, I looked at um, a guy as a teacher of mine and go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And it, it's actually quite a, you know, and obviously other things as well. And you start to come out of, you can see it almost in kids, can't you? When yeah. you, the look in their eyes that changes. Those rose-tinted glasses are yeah. slowly disappearing and they yeah, realize people are fallible or that like your parents are human or they have their own yeah. crap, you know? Now, this film is actually quite funny, you know? Oh, great. Um, because life at that age is quite funny, you mm. know? And he's a bit of a dope because he, he thinks he can, you know, that this older girl will like him back and it's an absolute, it's a joke. It's, <laughs> it's set in the late 90s, kind of early 2000s at a time when probably actually still really popular taekwondo because we engaged a load of like local classes. It's set in Cork. We filmed in Cork and uh, um, it's, uh, yeah, taekwondo was massive then and it is now. But then, um, it's uh, it's just quite physically comedic as well. Um, okay, I like it. But with the like a yeah, there's a heart there. It's heartwarming. Is there anywhere that we can kind of follow updates about screenings or you know keep up to date with the how it's going? It's going to premiere at Cork Film Festival in November, and then from then it will hopefully have a festival run, which lasts a festival run usually lasts about a year, year and a half. That's the limit. You can't really go past that. Well done on being involved in the industry in the first place and following your dream and following your passion. It's uh, it's very impressive to do it because, as you say, it's it's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it, yeah, it's also great. You meet such amazing people and like have really collaborative, great experiences. There's really talented people in Ireland, really talented, mm. and there's there's lots of great things being made here. To go a little bit further, I thought I'd speak to some young filmmakers who are currently in the throes of trying to get their short film production made. Before I speak to JP and Katie, let's hear a little about the film from the director JP and actors Peter Richardson and Nisha Kelly. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We need your help. 
Hey, my name is JP and I'm the director and writer behind a set of unfortunate events that made us fortunate. Hi, my name is Peter Richardson and I play the role of Ray. Hey, I'm Nisha and I play the role of Nash. The film is about Ray and Nash, two only children and close family friends who embark on a road trip over the course of the film and bond over their shared memories of Nash's sick father. It's kind of like a road trip movie. The friendship that we want to portray is quirky but wholesome and is based upon a real life story. The character that I play, Ray, is a really interesting character. He's very honest and determined, but also a little bit self-centered at times. He's pursuing his dream of becoming an architect, and so he carries this, his sketchbook, with him everywhere he goes. It's a sketchbook of all of his recent adventures and travels, and everywhere he goes, it goes with him. Nash is a little quirky, loves to sing and to dance. Ray is a close family friend, and unfortunately in the recent years, as Nash's father has been hospitalized, their friendship has become a lot closer. I think me and Nash have similar personalities and I also have a great bond with my older cousin. Another one of the things that I really relate to with the character is in terms of the how caring he is and the brotherly sisterly bond that he has with Nash, how much he cares for her and how much of an important part of his life that is. Our main goal is to bring Dublin creatives and artists together and tell a story only we can tell. Your parents are Polish. Yes. You grew up in Germany. Yes. Um, you moved here three years ago. Yes. <laughs> You're now on the cusp of um, this this short film, which we'll talk about in a little bit, of making it here. What is your perspective on filmmaking in Ireland and the difficulties or how easy it is, I don't know, to make it here? I think filmmaking in Ireland or getting started, as with all things, is a little bit hard. But, um, like... I think it, it opens up a great market. Like, number one, it's an English-speaking country, mm -hmm. right? So uh, coming from Germany, which also has a lot of, well, we, we teach English and, like, we, we learn English from a very young age. But, uh, but yeah, you, you're just able to appreciate it even more. And I think the outside connections towards the U.S. are a little bit better. Uh, that's what I felt like, where a lot of companies actually come over here. Uh, there's an entire section... We learned about this in college. Section four eight one, is it? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, four eight one. Where basically, when you uh, when you come here and you want to film something in Ireland, the government will give you back a certain amount of money back. Yeah, it's a huge tax break. Yeah, uh, they came over here and spent like two hundred million. Yeah, wow. even more, but uh, got like a big chunk. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so, like for filmmakers, as for for companies, yes. For young filmmakers, it's also just from all over the world. It's just a nice connection. It's like, it's great people here. And for me, one of the other reasons why I came here as well is just the landscape. Coming from the middle of Germany, where you literally just have flat lands and like a couple of, you know, uh, just you, you're not used to like seeing the, the ocean or seeing the just... Um, I seeing the sea that well here. Yeah. And so that was something that always fascinated me where I was like, oh, this is actually so different, so cool. Mm. Yeah. You're both in the process of, of producing, putting together um, a film, a short film. Tell me um, where you are in that right now and um, what it's like going through it. You go. So I guess where we are right now, we're kind of juggling two main avenues of it. One is the actual production side of it. We're getting, we've got most of our actors actually at the moment. Yep. Um, all cast, all wonderful, wonderful people. Can't wait to see them in the roles. Uh, a lot of the other stuff now is kind of getting locations down, getting timing down, 
how are we going to feed these people? How are we going to get our equipment out to there? Logistics kind of side. Yeah. Very exciting. Loads of spreadsheets. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but then the other avenue we're doing is looking at funding. So we are lucky enough to be able to partner with the Film Network Ireland. They've launched this new crowdfunding campaign. Or how far are you from reaching your target in terms of, of cash? You don't have to give me numbers, but um, well, you can if you want to. It's up to you. But how far do you have to go? How much further do you have to go? We do still have a good bit to go, I think. Yeah. Um, there was a really big, like it's a really positive response we've gotten so far though. So I'm kind of optimistic. Um, even if we don't reach the full amount, I feel like we can still make something substantial what we have. We're going to make something regardless of what we get. Okay. That's the thing. I get to get made regardless. But um, it would be nicer to be able to give the film its full time and effort. and That it benefit. deserves actually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it, as with most like funding campaigns, the very first couple of days are the most important ones because that's where a lot of people will first get exposed to the project. That's the reason we also wanted to start with, with the reel that we had with the, which I think was a pretty strong pitch that we put together there. Yeah. I agree. It kind of gives you a little bit of an insight of who are we, why are we doing this, who are the actors, and show our faces. Yeah. Because what I see, unfortunately, quite a lot often with like crowdfunding campaigns is that you just put up a text and a bio and you don't you you don't update the people uh, or you don't you don't update on your on your things like even for example going to this podcast now um or doing other things so that's something we we try to implement a little bit more trying to at least two three times uh every two or three days at least having like one little update being like okay this is actually those are the actors this is you know this is this this is that yeah, particularly because the, the people contributing are the ones who, the reason we're going to get this filled. Exactly. So I kind of want to give something back to them and not just like, just put your fingers in your ears until we f- make this film and like, do what's so, time kind of. Yeah. We have no idea what's happening. What skills do you think you need? Because look, you guys seem to be flying these. You seem to be doing super well. Um, even even though know, you haven't even made any, but you've, the fact that you've already got some money is, is kind of, when I think of uh, creative people, not generally very good at making money um, but ironically it's the most important part almost um, you guys are, are, are in university at the moment um, but there's going to come a point where that's going to finish and either it'll be creative projects that you can fund yourself or get funding for or it's going to be get a job somewhere in the industry or and work your way up or whatever it might be but to to actually create something where you're getting funding from an organization or crowdfunding like this. Um, that's a, it's, I don't know. I just have this very uh, traditional parent in my head, which goes that that sounds very risky. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is like filmmaking in itself is always very risky uh, because you, you never know. Uh, sometimes like here in Ireland, the weather might not be uh, as it is. Mm-hmm. Or uh, so you always need to plan double, but I think we we were very happy with the approach that we had because we we partnered up with the F and I uh, with the Film Network Ireland, and that just gave us a little bit more a wider audience, so just more people that we can broadcast the project to, um, and yeah, and just trying to have the right times, and obviously not everything will be perfect the first time when you try it, uh, but. Um, I felt like also messaging people um, or being very personal with people about the project because once the that's also the reason we the first thing we we put up was the reel 
because once you you know who is behind the project, once you see the faces, you it's much easier to to raise a certain amount of money than it is with, you know, just a blank text or anything. So and I think you'd be surprised by some of the support that you can find out there as well. Like oh yeah, people do want to see like kind of homegrown or like local creative projects come to fruition. They might even see a bit of themselves in it, like people who've gotten. Uh, they may have wanted to do a creative project like that themselves, but might not have the financial kind of ability to do it. They they want to see this succeed. Like a huge amount of people do want to see like that creative projects go out there and get happen and get made. Uh, it does feel a bit like cheating almost sometimes. We're like, you have to be the starving artist while doing this. <laughs> no, I think we like, as a people, we respect or we kind of come to realize that creative outlets and creative projects are necessary for humans to kind of exist. Oh. And now we're seeing it as a, a real job and people deserve to be paid for it. Oh, yeah. You said Film Network Ireland have been uh, a big help oh, yeah. in, in this. Um, who who are they and how have they been such a big help? Well, Film Network Ireland, the first time I really got introduced to them was on a F&I event, which was basically just a, uh, a networking event. What they do is um, every couple of months they have a networking event and people from the industry or like from filmmakers generally that are interested in just uh, in, in working on projects, creatives, directors, cinematographers, musicians, like all the all those people get together. It's about last time I was there it was about hundred thirty people, yeah. um, and just talk about film. You know, talk about their projects, talk, uh, give each other uh, their Instagrams and their uh, their cards and all of this. And the first time I was there, I, I got a call by, by Alec, uh, who is the cinematographer on our project here. He was like, great friend of mine as well. He was like, oh, listen, I think you should, you should go down to this project. It's like, all right. So I'm going down uh, and uh, they always have those script meetings. They always have like those script pitches. Sorry, that's it. So uh, basically by the end of the night, when everyone already had a little bit of uh, uh, just exchange numbers and exchange all of that, um, you have like kind of this uh, this option of presenting your project. So what's your idea? You go onto stage, you have a microphone, you have a timer of about two minutes, and then you go, right? So I turned around to Alec and I was like, yeah, it would be pretty funny, right? If I would go up there. And he's like, yeah, you should go. Like, oh. So <laughs> I, joke that I, I shouldn't be joking about it. Uh, and so I go up there and I actually spent about a minute or so, I think, to to explain the project. And it was amazing because people actually came up to me afterwards and I was not used to, came up to me afterwards. It was like, I'm actually very interested in this project. I, uh, I think I have the right actress for you. I think I have the right, that's how I met Nisha, one of our main, uh, main actors. Uh, I went down there, presented the project and then, um, a, uh, a director from the UK, I think, um, I got introduced to and he was like, yeah, I have like the perfect person for the perfect fit for, for, for the role of Nash. And I was like, oh, wow. So I followed up and that's how we actually casted Nash. She is amazing. Fantastic. Uh, very professional. Very professional for such a Like she <laughs> Yeah, she, I think she's nine. Eight. Oh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she's very, very professional. She's just like... Uh, and the way the uh, the way Sam, for example, also talked about just uh, even about other aspects of the film, like how do you film in public locations, this, that, the other, uh, just those many little tips that 
I think I wouldn't, yeah, like great help. And, uh, and yeah, and I've actually met Ray, who is one of the, um, who is responsible for a lot of things. In yeah, Ray and Paul, isn't Ray it? Ray and Paul, exactly. Kind of top dogs in there. But yeah, I think it's just like the idea of it being a network yeah. of meeting other people from like different levels of profession, professionality, not a word, mm-hmm. uh, from different levels of experience, I guess. And you get mentorship, oh, yeah. get like, like that, being able to pitch your ideas because a lot of it, I think, would be personal creative projects that you're pitching there, yeah. opposed to the big commercials up for them. Yeah, these bang on lads, like. What, what's the uh, ideal scenario for this film? Forget about, let's say you hit your targets, you, you make the film, you really enjoy it. Uh, what happens next? I think, um, so number one, we need to produce for the film, as you said yourself, right? So we get the money together, get that together. Um, but I think the ideal scenario would be that we would be able to push this project out and enter a couple of film festivals. Um, and I think because we have such a great team, we have uh, we have great cinematographer, we have uh, great actors, and the chemistry of the two actors also works well on screen. Uh, so that's also one of the things where uh, I was a little bit worried about in the beginning. It's like, who do you cast for such personal roles? Um well, you, you cast people, and, and then we actually had the first time the, the script reading, and just there, they only had 20 minutes to, to look over the script, 10, 20 minutes, and they actually banged it all around. Right. Amazing. So, um, absolutely, absolutely amazing. And also, hopefully, now with P.O. Hardnut being one of our uh, musicians, uh, or being the musician behind the project, um, he's very, like, I, I know him for a couple of years now, he's a great friend of mine. Um, and he's composing also the score for the film. Wow. So um, I think that also will boost the mm. just the overall value of the project. Mm. Because every time I went out to people, for example, when I first pitched it to the FNI lads, uh, because they were looking for projects to push for the first thing, right? For So we need, so I need to pitch it, right? Um, so I came up and I think one of the main, um, like one of the very, very greatest pitches, I think, or like that's what will sell a big part of of what your movie is uh, because you know yourself the aesthetic of it you know exactly oh this is how it's gonna be but you can't always explain it so music helps express that ridiculously well it it sounds it sounds really exciting yeah. um and like the your your creativity JP in this in this vision for it um, and then working working together with another creative like like Pio and then the actors bringing their own creativity to it it's 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 like uh, i i didn't realize but the, the oh gosh stupid thing to say but uh any kind of film production series production any kind of creative um activity like this it is just like this explosion of creatives coming together uh, i guess what you're looking for is to try and make that all go in the one nice right direction which katie i think probably goes <laughs> over to you uh, <laughs> I'm like the wrangler. <laughs> how, how do you make sure that this all stays together? Well, I, I enter the set dressed like uh, I'm like <laughs> like a lion tamer. <laughs> no, um, it is exactly that. Like, and that's the thing. Like, because everybody who's supposed to even get involved in the project is really passionate about it. They care a lot about the story. They care a lot about like telling a good story. And I do think we're lucky enough to not have anyone on team with like a particularly big ego or anything like that that would want to take over and kind of commandeer the direction of the film so I think there's a lot of 
not compromise, that's not the right word, but like commun- communication yeah. and being able to bounce off each other's ideas, being able to bounce off different like, things and stuff. I like you were saying about like Alec and all that earlier, be like, does this work? Like, no, no, that's not going down. Yeah. Being able to be like, draw a line to sand, this will work, this will not. For for any film related, like for any, if you ever do a film or work on a, on a film, short film, whatever it might be, communication is the number one thing. Like you need to be a good communicator and you actually need to, for example, the first time I actually spoke to you, Katie, um, was, uh, I was literally just like, okay, I'm going to say it straight up. I need someone who keeps me in check. <laughs> uh, who can also tell me is like, this is possible. This is not possible. Mm. And, uh, I'm the dream. Project. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that bad. <laughs> no, uh, but the same, the same goes for, for Alec as well. Like the, when Alec works, works with me and I work with him, we're able to, uh, to call each other out on certain things on set without doing it in a disrespectful way, but still having the goal in mind of making the short film. Mm. Because sometimes, for example, I don't know, uh, whether it doesn't work or the lights, uh, the lighting doesn't work perfectly and, uh, and then you just need to do the compromise of just shooting. Yeah, and, get something out there. Uh, and it's very hard sometimes as like a director of like, oh no, but I want this perfect. I want this, you know, this needs to be like this. And sometimes it's very important to have those people around you who are like, just like. There's the counterbalance of like, nothing will get made and yes. it's perfect before. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so can I ask you both what, like, when this project is finished, right? And mm-hmm. um, what are your individual goals um, in this industry? I assume you want to both want to stay within the industry. Right. Katie, when I start with you, mm-hmm. um, what is your, your ambition within the industry? So I think I'm actually going to be finishing up uh, in college the summer that we finished the film, I think. So a lot of it is going to be kind of like floundering for a little bit to try to figure out exactly what I want to do. I'm guessing getting involved in more groups. I don't know how far I will continue with the management side of things. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It is good. And I'm not like the worst at it. And yeah. um, I do kind of want to branch out into more creative sides of things as well, which I've been doing a little bit on the side as well. Like, um, like next week, I'm going out to film some stuff with a Ukrainian woman who's been working on a kind of audio visual piece. Amazing. Um, it's a bit more artsy fartsy now, to be honest. That's okay. But um, so that might be like a side that I want to explore as well. But again, I don't think I'm going to lose this side of things and like working with smaller kind of groups, up and coming artists instead of just falling directly into the whoppers. <laughs> yeah. Full advertising, but a little side of it because I need to pay my rent. We need to pay some cash <laughs> as well. Yeah, absolutely. JP, how about you? Um, So I think for myself, uh, I was always just fascinated with like directing. So I'm definitely going to pursue that. And the more I actually explore it, the more I, I just see the beauty of it, of like having the freedom of working on your own project, mm. but also like having the freedom of giving something, something that you so much care about to someone else. And that person is now also working and involved in the project. And the person also wants to make it happen. Or if it's a musician, if it's you know production manager, if it's whoever it is, um, I, I think that's just, one of the great things of, of that kind of uh, of the community and of like just filmmaking in general so um, guys thank you so much oh no worries yeah. cheers thanks for having us I really really appreciate it it was, like, it was very really yeah. nice hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.